and welcome to Experience Points by University XP. On Experience Points, we explore different ways we can learn from games. I'm your host, Dave Ang, from Gamespace Learning by University XP. Find out more by going to universityxp.com. On today's episode, we'll answer the question, what is strategy in gameplay? In-depth strategy is one of the hallmarks of intense video games, war games, simulations, and other forms of games that persist through popular culture. The term strategy is one that exists beyond games and can be found in everything from military planning to business to personal development. But what is strategy and what role does it play in gameplay, game design, game development, and applied games? This episode will define the use and purpose of the term strategy game and how the term strategy affects and influences both game structure and the decision-making framework for players. Strategy in games is addressed differently dependent on game type. Therefore, this episode will address strategy in abstract games, war games, video games, simulations, video games, Euro tabletop games, and team games. Decision-making in games plays an integral role in game theory, which will be discussed in this episode as it relates to the player experience and individual motivation. Finally, strategic play in games will be discussed when used in concert with games-based learning and how established strategy games can be applied for teaching and learning. Before defining what we mean by strategy in gameplay, let's first address what we mean by strategy game. A strategy game is a game in which players have the agency to make uncoerced and autonomous decisions that have a significant impact in determining the outcome of the game. This means that strategy games tend to rely more on players' skills in making informed decisions and less on random chance and luck on the outcome of the game. Therefore, a strategy game relies, well, primarily on strategy. This means that players' abilities to read, comprehend, understand, and action a viable strategy aimed at succeeding at their own established objectives and game goals forms the heart of strategy games. In turn, this establishes the basis of the strategy game genre. Strategy games in application often involve real or made-up problems that involve various stakeholders, such as players with conflicting, asymmetrical, and differing interests. These are the characteristics that form the basis of what makes strategy games. However, complexity, game scale, and game-wide actions are what inform and account for the wide breadth and diversity of different applications of strategy in gameplay. One of the oldest of which is the war game, best characterized in applied games such as the Kriegspiel. This war game forms the typical interpretation of how strategy is implemented in gameplay. That's because these war games were often played for the direct purpose to teach military personnel and leaders how and when to action commands and to make decisions that affect the long-term impact of a particular conflict and how specific resources can be applied in order to achieve said goals. Strategy and gameplay and game structure often go hand in hand. Therefore, one of the most elementary ways to think about strategy and game structure is to think about turn-based strategy games that we often see with tabletop games and real-time strategy games that we see with video and computer games. While both provide the structure and process for which players can make decisions, both vary significantly with the amount of time and personal processing power that is invested in making play-by-play decisions within the game. Despite their different formats, both types of strategy games often provide different pathways to victory so that different strategies can be implemented and applied by players at the beginning, middle, and end of gameplay. The differing types of strategies often work in concert with established game objectives and end game conditions that serve as the ultimate purpose for player engagement and interaction within the game. Such a structure only frames how players engage in the game 
great strategy games often leave the development of the specific and individual strategy within the hands of the players themselves in order to discover, implement, and iterate. While simulations and war games often frame and structure the game for the highest degree of fidelity for teaching and learning purposes, commercial and entertainment games must balance the competing needs for game fidelity as well as the player experience. Therefore, the most successful commercial games give players a sense of agency and competition for the entirety of the game in order to support and provide a positive and impactful player experience throughout the duration of play. The heart of strategy games is that it gives players agency over the different kinds and types of decisions that they will make over the course of the game and the kinds of effects that the desired outcome will have. This kind of agency prioritizes players' decision-making and skill over that of randomness or luck. Therefore, to be competitive at strategy games, players must rely on both an internal kind of decision tree for how they make decisions within the framework of the game, while simultaneously being able to observe and interpret the game state. The latter is critically important for making informed decisions as an application of strategy in gameplay. Without knowing if players should control a certain territory, prioritize the development of an in-game engine, or seek an alliance with another player, then any kind of decisions that they make within the game cannot be supported without any kind of underlying strategy. This means that overall player strategy is about observation, interpretation, and preparation to make a decision. Some of these decisions can take place before the game even starts. This could take place from observing a competitive chess player and how they tend to open their games and progress throughout the mid-game. Studying and reviewing such information could give a player an insight into how to set up and play a match against them. Likewise, competitive real-time strategy games include an analysis of different player styles and how they can be addressed and even countered through an application of Yomi. Another type of decision that players can make is how they allocate their resources within the game. For certain games, this includes how they prioritize limited actions each turn. Whereas for other kinds of games that require more robust resource management, they must also think about how their own individual and finite decisions will inform and support their overall strategy throughout the game. No matter how players make these strategic decisions is only secondary to the ability for these players to make decisions within games. For it's the structure of decision-making and the way that these individual decisions build off of one another that affect and influence the game state, the result of which is the development of patterns of play, which moves the player closer to achieving specific objectives and eventually victory. However, the way that these decisions are structured in games is not universal. Rather, the different type of game and its genre and player expectations inform how decisions are undertaken and how strategy is implemented in practice. Abstract strategy games include only a very loosely attributed structure to the game's theme, if one exists at all. With abstract games such as chess, checkers, backgammon, and go, the rules exist to inform and structure players' actions rather than try to replicate reality in the way that a serious game or simulation would. Rather, the rules form the internal logic of the game that supports the magic circle of play and the ultimate lusory agreement made between players engaged in the game. Therefore, the internal logic of the game, which most likely includes the rule set, represents the only framework from which players can and will make decisions within the game. Therefore, the strategy implications and actions of players are bound by these strict abilities of what is allowable and what is not within the structure of games. Senate represents an example of an abstract strategy game whose absence of theme and adherence of a predetermined rule set makes it so that players' strategic choices are wholly bound by the limits of the game. 
Likewise, Go represents one of the oldest continually played strategy games. It is often easy to pick up, but requires a significant amount of time and effort to master. Abstract games served as the precursor for the adaptation and development of war games. War games can be seen as abstract games whose application of theme due to military conflict is much more representative in components, as well as how rule sets and decision frameworks are implemented in play. The complementary nature of this relationship is due to war games that often serve as simulations as different military battles, campaigns, or wars where players must make decisions that are analogous to those made by actual combat leaders in the field. Therefore, strategy in war games is much more closely related to how and when such similar strategies might be adapted for a real-world conflict. While not all decisions and strategies made in this framework represent actual plausible decisions made in a strategic military environment, the existence of war games as an educational tool for such as planning process is a valuable addition. It's no surprise then that many players think about war games as part of the genre of grand strategy games that have come to include tabletop implementations of everything from Risk and Warhammer 40k to Empires and Arms and Axis and Allies. Even among these examples, there exist many different implementations and applications of different game mechanics that constitute the war game genre. The most common of which is the unit control and special unit abilities, which are indicative of the evolution of tabletop war games into video games. While abstract games influence the design and development of war games, war games influence the design and development of strategy video games. Some of the most memorable and popular of which were video games based on both the real-time strategy and turn-based strategy games. Both provided means for players to emulate and iterate on the kind of actions and activities that were taken in both in abstract games and war games, but were able to play in scale in a digital environment. Furthermore, strategy video games provided an opportunity to play against the computer and later on more artificial intelligence constructs that emulated human players through actions, tactics, and strategic approaches. In turn, the greater capacity of computer-controlled units in concert with established game dynamics enabled these strategy video games to include more micro-focus interactions between a greater number of units that could enact and react in more subtle ways. For example, in the past, entire units were symbolized monolithically in single avatars such as pawns, pieces, and miniatures. The adaptation of these units to the digital realm made it so that such pieces could instead be used to symbolize individual soldiers, tanks, drones, and airplanes that in turn have their own unit value, characteristics, and statistics. One of the first successful adaptations of real-time strategy video games was Dune 2, released in 1992. The development and release of this game opened the opportunity for other designers to create future titles which include 4X, which means explore, expand, exploit, and exterminate games, as well as greater variety of turn-based tactics games. With the advent and adoption of these games into a digital realm, it became possible to model more complex behaviors that could only be abstracted in a tabletop format. Therefore, turn-based digital strategy games built upon and iterated on pre-existing war games that provide opportunities to create more robust strategic simulations of war. While simulations can be implemented and adapted for either digital or non-digital use, the advent of the modern digital strategy game made it so that these simulations could become infinitely more complex in their adaptation and fidelity towards real-world scenarios. Therefore, a proliferation of these digital simulations was created and ran a very wide spectrum, 
Some of them were more representative of abstract strategy games with lower levels of fidelity compared to higher fidelity simulation strategy games that could be applied for teaching and learning. The reason why these simulations could be adapted for conduits of teaching and learning is because of their ability to inherently recreate real-world situations and, by extent, real-world consequences. This led to the ability for players to play, engage, and explore within the simulation without suffering real-world consequences of actual implementation, which made them ideal teaching tools for practitioners and educators alike. The results of this meant that players could develop, plan, and evaluate different strategic choices in these simulations in order to better model the behavior and outcomes of such strategies. While previous real-world experience required that actual resources be expended, simulations, especially digital ones, could be run indefinitely in order to achieve a specific learning outcome. However, not all games relied on the specific and separate outcomes for players identified in war games and games of conflict. Video games and role-playing games instead offered other avenues for player engagement and strategy implementation. An idio game is a series of interesting decisions that produces a personal outcome. Unlike ortho games, these decisions don't necessarily resolve to help individual players win in the game or win against each other. Therefore, strategy in idio games isn't structured to overcome other players. Rather, it can be implemented to better understand an experience, model consumer behavior, or otherwise create an opportunity to understand something experientially. This is perhaps most recognizable in role-playing games, where setting and lore play a more distinct role than strategy and decision-making informing the player's experience. That's because the focus of play is more closely related to the world-building narrative and character interactions than achieving a specific and exclusive game objectives. This does not mean that all role-playing games must be devoid of strategy and vice versa. Rather, role-playing games have different priorities for shaping the player experience. This is compared to tabletop Euro games, which often include a player experience comprising of a mix between theme and narrative connection and objectives for strategy implementation. One of the applications of strategy in gameplay is that I identify with can be found in modern tabletop games that are otherwise known as German-style board games. They encompass a wide variety of different themes and run the gamut between abstract games and simulations. These games are popular for me and with other players because of the relatively simple rule set, moderate playtimes, engaging physical components, and often indirect player interaction. The indirect player interaction is often one of the hallmarks of this style of tabletop game as greater emphasis can be placed on personal player strategy that is often devoid of player elimination and chance while also focusing on more benign themes that keeps all players competitive until the end of the game. Therefore, strategy in these Euro games is focused on how individual players make and plan moves based on the personal and global game state and often less about the actions of other players. This means that often players spend their time strategizing and tactically reacting to global game changes via familiar mechanics like action drafting, that carefully considers how existing game resources can be used and capitalized in order to meet game objectives. The results of which are tabletop games that focus on the internal and personal decisions of players in order to affect change in the game. This results in a high degree of player agency for enacting strategy in the game that best suits their own needs. However, strategy in games also extends to the needs of groups of individuals playing together as teams against others with competing goals. Strategy in gameplay is perhaps the most complex when it comes to making decisions that affect team gameplay and how others work, interact, and collaborate with one another through collaborative decision-making. 
This can be a great challenge for all involved as players approach these games with a mixed understanding of ortho games, idio games, and semi-cooperative games where elements of teamwork are necessary in order to achieve a common goal. Therefore, team games are often the most demanding and most often utilized for teaching and games-based learning because of the necessary collaboration between players to achieve game objectives. One of the most common mechanics for these team-based games is a limit on communication. An example of this is Contract Bridge, where players compete in pairs against another team. The results of play often focus on the dynamic change between offensive and defensive positions and how this represents an abstraction of necessary collaboration and cooperation skills that can be applied in business and other formats. Such a connection is one that is often applied informally rather than formally in games-based learning in a corporate-focused, serious games environment. The most common application of games for military, business, and other contention-based functions tend to focus on game theory. Game theory is often referenced when examining applied games and how game-like elements are examined and replicated outside of commercial game environments. However, game theory's main focus is less on the application of games and more focus on the understanding the strategic actions of two or more players given a specific set of rules and stated outcomes. Therefore, game theory is more an application of strategic decision-making and choice rather than gameplay itself. Perhaps one of the most famous examples of game theory in play is with the Nash Equilibrium, where players will continue to pursue a strategy given there is no incentive to deviate from it after taking into account an opponent's strategy. One of the most well-known examples of this is the Prisoner's Dilemma, in which two suspects are detained. Their options include staying silent or betraying their accomplice. If one of them stays silent but the other one betrays them, then the betraying suspect is released and the other suspect is given a hefty jail sentence. However, if both say nothing, then they each get a lighter jail sentence. Therefore, it is in their collaborative best interest to reduce the amount of jail time they both receive by remaining silent. Therefore, game theory focuses on how players make decisions and strategize based on the outcomes of said decisions. The types of strategies discussed in game theory include, but are not limited to, pure strategies, mixed strategies, dominant strategy, dominated strategies, mini-max strategy, and max-min strategies. The specifics of each are beyond the scope of this episode, but all deal with the decision framework for making an active choice based on the choice of an opponent and the expected outcome. No matter how strategy is examined, understood, applied, and evaluated, they all stem from an aspect of player motivation and their stated, hidden, or unrealized goals. Therefore, examining motivation is a critical aspect towards determining how players make strategic choices in gameplay and how those choices are informed. One of the most interesting aspects of strategy in gameplay through motivation is that not all players will approach a game with an intrinsic motivation in mind. Rather, through play, they are intrinsically motivated to continue playing and accomplish explicit goals. In turn, the application of specific and successful strategy for these players to accomplish in-game objectives is what further reinforces their desire and their ability to focus on their continued motivation to excel and achieve in the game. This can be capitalized in games-based learning and applied games as students' motivations to play games have often been prioritized and compared to other types of pedagogical approaches and applied learning material. However, the model and application of educational content is not one that continues to focus on the learner. Rather, it is the format and structure for the feedback loop experienced by the learner that reinforces this behavior. 
Strategy and gameplay represents players' specific and explicit decisions in which they take in order to achieve in-game goals. Thus, through the implementation of successful strategy for players, they enact greater agency and self-determination within the game, which aids in their intrinsic motivation to continue playing. The most successful games of which also recreate learning environments that most closely match the characteristics of flow-like experiences for players that further reinforces their engagement and motivation. Games and games-based learning are applied using an experiential and interactive framework that provides a structure for players to demonstrate agency and determination through their play. Therefore, learning in this vein occurs within a player-focused performance system in which the accomplishment of a set of tasks and conditions is related to the increase in efficacy of those tasks. This means that players who are able to determine, enact, and implement a strategy of their choosing in gameplay through games-based learning are better positioned to accomplish game goals aligned to the learning outcome of the game. Therefore, games-based learning through strategy gaming can be viewed as a type of reinforcement learning in which players' actions and feedback within the game reinforce the specific and declared learning outcome. Those outcomes could be shared at the beginning of the game, specifically when they align to an immediate and specific need for the learner, such as through business enablement practices for corporate learning and development. Otherwise, strategy gaming and gameplay could be formatted and structured in a way that serves and supports learners' preferences. Therefore, it's important to view game-based learning with strategy games as less of a correction to a temporary problem and more of a holistic pedagogical approach that helps redefine for players and educators what is possible with applied games. Games-based learning through strategy games can be accomplished successfully in multiple different ways. One of the most successful is to model, usually through simulation, the particular circumstances in which a skill would be applied. This structural component can be paired with thematic connections to the needs of business enterprises that address multiple areas ranging from real-time decision-making to resource allocation. While replication of business processes are common for simulation-based learning, the use of games for learning and development also has the added benefit of affecting productivity by increasing the social and casual bonds between players and coworkers. This outcome combined with strategic and tactical decisions made within the game can reinforce mental acuity as it relates to the business enterprise as well as replicating concrete examples of conceptual abstractions. Additionally, subsequent gameplay and engagement with the game make it so that both players and learners can return to it with the intent to apply new strategies and different approaches in an effort to learn from their past failures. Ideally, this should be combined with the creation of narratives and stories that connect the game's structure with the overall purpose and direction for the business or organization in order to create a more consistent, coherent, and connected narrative. This episode defined the use and purpose of the term strategy game and how the term strategy affects and influences both game structure and the decision-making framework for players. Strategy in games was addressed differently according to the genre of strategy game. The genres addressed in this episode included abstract games, war games, video games, simulations, video games, Euro tabletop games, and team games. Strategic decision-making and gameplay are integral to understanding game theory, which was discussed briefly in this episode as it relates specifically to the player experience and individual motivation. Finally, strategy was discussed when used in concert with games-based learning and how strategic play in games can be applied in games for teaching and learning. I hope you found this episode useful. If you'd like to learn more, then a great place to start is with my free course on gamification. 
You can sign up for it at universityxp.com slash gamification. You can also get a full transcript of this episode, including links to references in the description or show notes. Thanks for joining me. Again, I'm your host, Dave Ang from Gamespace Learning by University XP. On Experience Points, we explore different ways we can learn from games. If you like this episode, please consider commenting, sharing, and subscribing. Subscribing is absolutely free and ensures that you'll get the next episode of Experience Points delivered directly to you. I'd also love it if you took some time to rate the show. I live to lift others with learning, so if you found this episode useful, consider sharing it with someone who could also benefit. Also, make sure to visit University XP online at universityxp.com. University XP is also on Twitter at university underscore XP, and on Facebook and LinkedIn as University XP. Also, feel free to email me anytime. My email address is dave at universityxp.com. Game on.